We started Unlocking Moves because we wanted to challenge and inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs. We wanted to uncover those key pivotal moments that really changed the trajectory of the lives of successful entrepreneurs, what I call their Unlocking Moves. We are now 20 episodes into Unlocking Moves, and we've had some amazing guests and some great discussions. And if I'm being honest, we've had our own mistakes and missteps. It's been a great run. So after 20 episodes, we decided to take a step back. Let's reflect. What are we building? What are we doing? What we noticed were several consistent themes were emerging from each of our discussions. And I won't want to spoil you with what those themes were, but suffice it to say, we're going to do little episodes like this to uncover each of them as we go. For now, I'll share with you two themes that we've uncovered. The first was failure is a very common theme. Many, really most, it, really all of the successful people you know have overcome failure. One of my favorite quotes is from Edwin Lewis Cole. The winners in life aren't those who never fail, they're those who never quit. And I think that's amazingly true. So we are going to see some episodes about failure. Another one is taking risks. So many of us see opportunities and we say something like, someday I want to do this, or someday I'm going to do that, or somebody really ought to invent fill in the blank. But we very rarely do. The ones who are successful, they say WTF. What's the worst that can happen? I'm going to take the risk. So that's what we're going to talk about today, taking risks. This first clip actually covers both of those. My guest was James Dumoulin, who, along with his brother Jack and a high school friend, founded the School of Hard Knocks, which has drawn an amazing number of followers on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and other social platforms. They come up to random people who they think are successful based on where they are, what, how they dress, and the car they drive. And they asked them some advice. What would they tell the 20-year-old version of themselves? What made them successful? What are some key tips that they would give to the younger generation? Full disclosure, when I first met them, I kind of thought they were punking people. Like I was going to be uh, in the next episode of punks. But what I found out was they do an amazing job of providing great uh, advice to aspiring entrepreneurs. I encourage you to check out the School of Hard Knocks. In this first clip, he talks about the best pieces of advice that he's gotten from the thousands of entrepreneurs he's met on his uh, street beat and uh, interviewing them at their homes. The first one, take the risk or lose the chance. For one right off the bat, it's take the risk or lose the chance. And, and I'm, I'm a big advocate of this. And it's something that you hear all the time, people that they say that they wish they would have gone all in when they were younger, that they would have taken that chance and invested in themselves when they were young, before they had all those obligations, responsibilities, they have the family, before they were in the comfort of receiving that, you know, paycheck to paycheck, and then you have the family, and it's it's way harder to, you know, escape that, right, because you, you get comfortable. Yeah. So take the risk or lose the chance. I love that because, you know, something that my brother and I talk a lot about, it's, it's the third door policy. You're going into, let's say, like an important nightclub, and there's someone there that you have to meet. Front bouncers not letting you in. Backdoor guys, security guards, like not letting it happen. You have to find. You have to make the the third the third way in. You have to find that way in to go talk to that guy to go make that connection. And that's that's what we've done a lot. You know, like that's how we interviewed Mark Cuban. You know, like we we had the conscious effort to go up to him, but like we we took that chance. A lot of people would have been like, no, it's not worth it. But it's like you just you never really know unless you try. I love this mentality. If you want to make change, you've got to take a chance. And I love what he described as the third door policy. Find a way in. This actually leads to another clip from the folks at School of Hard Knocks. 
They went door to door in one of the swankiest neighborhoods in Austin asking advice, same type of advice they do to the people on the street, but they went to door to door to neighborhoods in Austin. They knocked on over 200 doors uh, to get to uh, this story you're about to hear. We went probably to one or 200 houses and maybe had about 5% of the people that actually uh, ended up doing the interview. We had some people that were like, you guys are out of your minds. I'm not even kidding. They'd open the door. We told them what we were doing. They're like, you guys have lost it. You guys are crazy. <laughs> and so, but I will say it was honestly one of my favorite videos I've ever filmed. And we got some incredible feedback on a lot of the short film and longer form content that we did. I'll tell you one story that I thought was amazing from that video. So we interviewed uh, a guy. Um, I don't know if you saw there was a guy in a rope. Uh, I, did, I haven't seen that one yet. Okay. So he answered the door. He was in a Versace rope. And we ended up doing a 15 minute interview with this guy. Come to learn, he owned a company called Capstar Broadcasting, which he owned like 350 uh, radio stations. And he ended up exiting and made- 15. So Robert Hicks, you talk- Stephen Hicks. Stephen Hicks. Stephen Hicks. Yeah. Uh, when we were doing the interview, I guess his wife was kind of like on the intercom and she was just like, 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 honey, like, what are you doing? Because like, like, he, he was in the room. I'm so giving like, an interview. So he, yeah, he, up, he, he gave some great advice, though. And one of the, one thing that I, I think that he talked about was that um, I asked him in particular, you know, someone who sold a company for, for millions of dollars, you've built businesses, you've surrounded yourself with great people. Like, what's the number one thing that you look for uh, when you're going into business with someone? Like when you're bringing a business partner on, what's the number one trait you look for in people? And he said that he looks for someone that's actually had some failure in the sense that it's like you learn more about the character of a person once they fall yeah. on their face and gotten back up, especially as it pertains to business. And so uh, that was a very interesting perspective. And, and he gave a, a great interview. He knocked on several hundred doors. How many of you would have the balls to go into one of the swankiest neighborhoods in your hometown to knock on doors, to ask people for an interview, and then to get a guy in a Versace robe to give you a 15-minute interview is awesome. I applaud these guys. One of the messages I wanted to have you hear also was Steve Hicks' advice that he looks for people who've had failure. It means that they have the ability to get back up and they show that grit to be somebody he wants to invest in. If you're just joining us on Unlocking Moves, today's episode is brought to you as usual by Hire Better, the strategic talent partner for growth-minded entrepreneurs everywhere. This next clip is from Eric Qualman. In it, he talks about risks and he takes it a step further and talks about dreams. I asked a question about a commencement speech that he gave to his alma mater, Michigan State University. He encouraged people to share your dreams with others because if you don't share your dreams, it may never happen. And if you do share your dreams, yeah, you have the ability to fail, but you also have the ability to succeed. If your dream in life is to be the best singer ever on the planet, but you don't tell anybody, then you never really failed because you didn't really tell anybody. So you still have in your mind that you could still be that singer, but you'll never become the greatest singer by not singing. So that's the irony of it. So I did the same thing. I was sitting there, I was cut from my basketball team as a junior in my high school. My dreams to play college basketball. And then I'm the manager, which is the water boy. And I loved it. I love being part of the team, but I had that dream. It kind of whispers at you. It kept saying, you can do it. You can do it. And I realized I needed to put on, I told the students in a commencement address that I go, Hey, no offense. I know that a lot of you put on the freshman 15, but I put on intentionally the freshman 50. So I went from 160 pounds to 210. That was my main thing. I need to put on strength. And and I saw it, I'd play against the players after practice. I go, man, I can make the team. But I didn't have the guts. I hadn't told anybody. Still didn't have, I thought people would laugh at me. It was that moment against the wall when you wake up that summer and go, wait, I only have one year left. What's there to lose? So it took that moment to be, if you're back against the law, nothing to lose. So I started telling my brothers first and they didn't laugh, which was good. They're like, you need to work out more. So they're kind of supporting you. 
Uh, some people laugh, but most people didn't. And they're the ones that support you. But that was the key. Once it's out there, then it's not just you. You've got support staff cheering you on. And then also you try almost a little bit harder because you don't want to let them down. You're not just going to let yourself down. And then fortunately, I was still the manager. So I was doing all the manager work, but they were letting me try out for the months leading into the season. There's only one open spot because I only have 13 folks on the team, 13 players. And then I walked in, I remember it was in October, it was for media day. And there in the locker was 42, Jackie Robinson's number, 42 is there hanging. And there's my name on the locker, on my jersey for media day. And then everyone's just clapping. Tell your dreams to your friends. And you know what? If they make fun of you, they're not your friends. So find people that are supportive of your dreams. One thing we don't think about is asking questions. How many times have we been in a crowded meeting or a crowded room and we have a question that we wanna ask, but we don't because we're afraid of being made fun of or maybe it's a dumb question. Well, I promise you, if you're thinking it, other people are thinking it too. So put yourself out there. This next clip is from my brother, Rolf, and we'll see what he says about asking questions. Yeah, I reached out to a fellow named Tom Lehman, the dough doctor for the American Institute of Baking. And I called this poor guy, and I, I think he regretted ever answering his phone. You know, when we celebrate our 25th anniversary, he wrote me a letter to, to congratulate me. And he goes, Rolf, you were my first successful coaching client. And you go, every afternoon, the phone would ring. I knew it would be you. And all you did was ask questions. I said, man, you know, I've told my kids since they were in kindergarten, you know, the only stupid question is the question is that you don't ask. And I, I think that was my unlucky move. I love that advice. The only stupid question is the one that isn't asked. And since he's my brother, I've heard his kids, my nephew and nephews and niece, uh, say it many times in their lives. Lastly, I want to leave you with this fun clip from Scott Jensen. You know, as entrepreneurs, we often do things for the first time and we're figuring things out. And, you know, if we don't know how to do things, we got to figure it out. So imagine that you're having the biggest night of your career. You have the great band about to play and about to go on stage in front of thousands of fans. What you don't know is that band won't play until you pay them 100% of their fee. And guess what? You don't have 100% of their fee. So you got to get creative. Let's have a listen to what Scott and Jensen did. In this business, you're usually wiring half of the money as a, as a guarantee up front. <clears throat> and we didn't kind of know that. We didn't know we had to have like either a cashier's check for the other half. We still have people waiting outside, you know, to buy four or 500 tickets. So we didn't have enough cash. Like we had cash at the, at the cash registers of the bars, but we needed to get people to buy their tickets and get in to get enough cash to get the money. It was literally our bar backs that were taking tip jars and keeping track of what was in them, putting them into five gallon buckets, running them down to the office. And then we're counting it out like dollar bill by dollar bill to get, you know, whatever it was, 15 or $20,000 for the other half of the guarantee. I hope you've enjoyed this montage of greatest hits for unlocking moves. On that note, we're going to wrap this puppy up. Please go like and subscribe wherever you consume your podcast. We would love a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Unlocking Moves. Go check it out.